I will just mention to the two of you that I finished For All Mankind, and holy shit, that is a fucking phenomenal series. If you have time, if you and any interest in that sort of thing, it is so, so good. By the end, it's just like you're crying, and you're like cheering, and I at one point yelled accidentally while my wife was asleep when I was lying next to her. <laughs> just popped out. Just like, ah! Welcome to another episode of Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba comedy editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba TV editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And the founder of the New Radicals fan club, <laughs> Dustin Rolls. How many episodes have we done now, Dan? Uh, God, really? You're going to make me look? It, we're we're up sorry, to like I'm... 70 something. Um, really? We? Yeah, let me see. Wow. Because uh, remember, there were a couple weeks that we did. Uh, like mini double. episodes. Well, there were a couple mini episodes over when we took breaks, and there were a couple last year where we did two episodes because we recorded for so long. <laughs> we, had to, we had to split them up. Uh, I think we're up to like seventy-two, but let's see. Um, hang on, it's loading. It's You're loading. checking Spotify, aren't you? <laughs> I'm, che- I'm not checking Spotify. I'm checking our podcast uh, service uh, cast. They're they're pretty good and very reasonably priced. Uh, Try cast. It's Try ca dot st if you want to use them, um, but right now it's it's loading slowly and I'm uh, I'm it getting annoyed. Matter. It oh, no we've we've at, you've asked and oh no I whatever I clicked on does not have the all right well we're in like the seventies something like that. Uh, <laughs> okay. I should have just checked Spotify. Let me just. <laughs> <laughs> we're off Quiet. to a really good start. Quiet. <laughs> we're gonna do this. Okay, uh, this episode is 73, so we have 72 oh, wow. uh, huh. coming into tonight. Um, so, you know, not bad. We'll hit 100 this year if, uh, if you know, if we're all still here. Um, Dustin, were you asking for a particular reason? No, I just thought of it. Just curious. <laughs> you couldn't think of it before we started recording? No. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. Well... Uh, so this is episode 73 of Pod Jaiba. Um, congratulations, and you're welcome. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about WandaVision. Uh, we're going to talk about Call Me Cat, because how do we... Okay, I, I don't how know. Do we, we drank too much. Okay, right. How do we okay, end wait. up... Like, I no, was not yeah. drunk. <laughs> right, so you have to explain a story. Okay. How did we end up promising to talk about Call Me Cat? So we were talking about Mr. Mayor, and then I think we mentioned something about uh, whether there were any other new sitcoms premiering or if we were all really hoping that Mr. Mayor was going to be good because it was the only sitcom. And then right. one of us mentioned, it might have been me, uh, <laughs> that kept seeing Call Me Cat promos <laughs> in Twitter. So I'm like, I know nice. there's at least one other sitcom. And then we decided that because we're a TV podcast, we should you know do our due diligence and check out the only other sitcom right. <laughs> premiering right. mid-season. Uh, and that's how we all ended up watching Call Me Cat. All right. Well, we all watched Call Me Cat, so we have thoughts on Did. that. Uh, I, I, I do feel like now I do have to mention that there is another mid-season sitcom that we have not watched, which is called Call Your Mother, starring Kira mm, Sedgwick. Kira Sedgwick. I almost uh, watched it. Daniel I... William Hamamura. I can't <laughs> believe you. 
I'm not saying we have to watch it. I'm just saying that there is another sitcom. Uh, I feel like now we do. Yeah, now we do. All right. Well, no, but next week's show is going to be different. Well, anyway. Um, I do right. remember seeing a promo for Kara Cedric because I keep thinking there's some there's one shot where she looks like Michelle Pfeiffer, and then I yes. started thinking that I'm like, oh my god, Kara Cedric is television's Michelle Pfeiffer. That uh. is, totally makes sense. Yeah. And I saw a preview for it while I was watching Call Me Cat. <laughs> but they're not different networks. Yeah. Are they? Then I yeah, must not. Yeah, uh, Call Your Mother is I ABC, Call Me Cat is Fox. But aren't they both on Hulu? ABC, They are, guess... but you you don't have commercials on Hulu. Oh, it must have been. Yeah, we do. I do. Uh, I, don't, I don't pay for non-commercial Hulu. Tori, the, the amount of time you save in your life is worth the $3 really a month. It's so, so nice not to worry no, about. No, because I'm already paying for all the other services. Tori, would you like me to, to give you $3 a month so that you don't pay for commercials? <laughs> no, I'm just going to... Because gonna, I'll do it. You know I'm just going to blow that $3 on, like, candy <laughs> <laughs> to eat during commercials. Would you like $3 a month for candy? <laughs> kind of, yes, now that it's on the table. All right, well, we'll discuss uh, that off pod. Okay. But, uh, before we get to that, um, uh, what's everyone drinking? Tori is not drinking alcohol, right? Or uh, correct, you although, you know... This week we'll be putting that to the test. But I also feel like we need to point out that this is another situation where we have a very trying week ahead of us and we're recording on Monday, but the podcast yes. is going to come out on Wednesday. Right, so we, yes, just remember, we, we recorded this on Monday. We recorded this uh, from a place of and innocence. You're listening to this on, on Wednesday the 20th or later. Or later. So, yeah. We didn't know, okay? We didn't know. We didn't realize that everything would go smoothly, and Biden is the president, and everything went great. John Bon Jovi kicked ass at the inauguration thing, and John Legend, and New Radicals came back, and it was perfect. Also that. It. <laughs> anyway, I'm drinking seltzer. All right. You're, I'm drinking you're, a uh, red wine. seltzer? Yes. <laughs> I'm drinking a red wine called Pet Name. Pet Name? Pet name. That is what it's called. Pet okay. name. It's pretty good. Is it Does, from your uh, subscription or? Yes. In fact, I got another box today. And <laughs> you I did get another the box. Last one. <laughs> god damn it! And, is, and how long ago were you supposed to cancel this? Oh my god! Like six months ago. <laughs> Didn't you do that in like August? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was an early <laughs> pandemic thing. Yeah. No, I feel like it was over the summer, and I feel like by September you are already like, I'm getting boxes that I don't want. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this one good, or are they continuing their trend of giving you garbage wine? This one is pretty good, yes. Oh. And the thing is, they, they send me, um, like, you get six bottles, and they usually send me two that I've already had before, and they're always the two I disliked. Because they're clear, yeah, nobody likes them. Yeah. What are you going to do with... Are you going to drink them? Because you got them? Yep. Yep. Did, oh, did you get more dancing juice? No, <laughs> no. We get well feet, I call it, instead of well fleet. Oh. <laughs> Didn't like that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> well feet actually is a very appropriate... That You know exactly what you're getting if you think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Dan? What are you drinking? 
Oh, I'm boring. Uh, I just reached into the uh, magical whiskey cabinet and pulled out the bottle of Writer's Tears. Uh, it is almost empty, so we'll have to see uh, what happens there. Because, yeah. Actually, I was wondering about this, Dan. Um, when you finish a bottle of Writer's Tears, is that yes. cause for more tears? Uh, interesting. Um, not so far, but this is only my second bottle of Writer's Tears, so... Um. It's hard, hard to say. Um, you don't have enough data. You gotta, you're going to have to keep drinking bottles. I'm just going to have to keep running the experiment until I, you know, you have to, you have to, you get your results and you have to verify it, right? Right. So, yes. Um, so the first round, no. Okay. But the second round, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's good. It's, uh, it's fine. Uh, clearly, it, it, I haven't had that much, so I don't know why. Uh, and again, I, I was, there was a time, I just want to say, there was a moment about two hours ago where I thought, oh, maybe I won't drink tonight. And then that went away. <laughs> um, it was a passing fancy. It was a passing thought. Uh, yeah. But here we are. All right. Uh, so we have our shows. Uh, before that, we have one other topic to discuss. Um, this came up in our Slack this week. Where uh, there is a list that we found originally on, I believe Tori found it on Deadline. But it was, uh, uh, but it was a year end. It was a, it was an article about the year end streaming uh, top streaming shows that was right. uh, compiled by Nielsen Ratings. Yes. So. And so it was the top fifteen streaming shows of twenty twenty. Uh, there were, and we started to get into some kind of. Discussion slash fight over it, and I don't remember the content of that. But then we said, "Hey, let's just hash it out on the podcast." I'm so sure we'll we are. recite the exact same arguments because right. we're we're predictable. <laughs> uh, just to go over the the list, the, so these are the this list is through uh, total number of minutes streamed. That's how they're. But we should also mention it's not. Metric. But it's also not all uh, subscription streaming. It's only in, I think because they only have an arrangement with Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, and Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So they're only looking at metrics from those four platforms, which honestly right. is going to be, they would be the winners. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, all of them anyway are from, uh, are streaming on Netflix, except for one, which you will figure out which one that is in a moment. Uh, just to run down the list, The Office, uh, Grey's Anatomy was number two, Criminal Minds, Ozark, NCIS, Schitt's Creek, Supernatural. Wait, what was that? Number seven. What was that? Uh, Supernatural. Was it? Can you say that one more time? Supernatural, number seven, with 20.3 billion minutes streamed. Yes. In in 2020, uh, with the second highest, uh, third highest number of episodes. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, (laughs) Lucifer uh, was eight. Shameless, uh, The Crown, number 10. Uh, Tiger King, New Girl, which. uh, Interested me in part because that's a show I feel like has kind of fallen out of like the conversation, but I guess everyone's watching New Girl. Very popular, with that, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, coming in at number thirteen, uh, The Mandalorian, the uh, so the only show not on uh, Netflix. Also, the best and show of twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, as decided true. by Pajiba unanimously. <laughs> unanimously. And uh, rounding out the f- top 15, The Blacklist at 14, Vampire Diaries at 15. Um, 
So it's it's a it's a weird list because obviously shows have different number of episodes, shows have different lengths, so the right. number of minutes available are very wildly, uh, you know. But it it gives you kind of like a just at least a rough idea of what people are watching. Also, uh, the fact that well, so sort of. so few of them are original series to the streaming platform. So like right. if because you're... original series are shorter. So for instance, The Mandalorian. Total, two seasons, 560 minutes. Supernatural, 13,300 minutes. Yeah. So someone who is watching Supernatural is going to spend a lot more time. But, I think, but I, given I'm that, that, Ozark comes in at number four, and it's only got 30 episodes. It's right. got fewer episodes than... Oh, no, it doesn't. But still, I mean, it's, it's, it's number four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so there, there's still room for people to... A lot, either a lot of people to watch that one show, or very few people watch it a lot. Right. Although it is interesting that if you think about uh, just in, if, if you're going on a per minute, I haven't done all the math, but just eyeballing it, if you're going on a per minute, uh, like which shows had the most eyeballs, you know, based on the amount of time that exists, uh, it seems like it would be The Mandalorian and Tiger King, because Tiger King had eight episodes, 15.6 billion view uh minutes streamed and the mandalorian 16 episodes but those are half hour 14.5 billion episodes uh minutes so those two probably have about the same amount of runtime total right because tiger king was an hour right per episode none of us watched it none of us watched it we'll we'll never know know. i believe tiger king was an hour-long show um and uh mandalorian is you know half hour ish right um so those two shows were probably the, uh, you know, the big winners, kind of. But I do, like, I am curious, if you strip out, I understand the value in looking at the the sort of, the acquisitions and, and the rerun shows that do well. But if we were to strip those out and only look at original series, would there be room for Amazon, Pro- like, would the boys have cracked it? Or, you right. know, is there anything on Hulu that people, you know, watch to the to the, the kind of the levels of some of these Netflix shows. Right. And then, and on top of that, you could get into the idea of, you know, each of these platforms have different numbers of subscribers. So then, you know, like a Netflix, because they're international, because they have a bigger footprint, you know, there are more, there are just more customers available to stream, you know, any of these shows. Yeah. Um, versus even Disney Plus doesn't have as many customers. Um, and then, of right. course, Hulu and Amazon Prime are smaller, I think. But Hulu's it was definitely so, smaller. But. The, the one thing that's interesting is when they went toward, because uh, they also ranked movies. Mm-hmm. And so Disney Plus did better when they were looking at movies because there's so much family fare that families will just like watch over and over and over again. Right. Um, so things like Frozen 2 or Moana. Um, but again, it was, so it was seven films from Disney and three from Netflix. Um, made the what top were the three from Netflix. When, from when made the top place? ten. They don't say, but the oh. it was library films took up most of the top ten spots. Three originals included Pixar's Onward, which seems it's. I mean, it's not like a Disney Plus original. Like that was in theaters. I saw that in theaters. Yes. Um, Hamilton with six point one billion, mm-hmm. and Netflix's Spencer Confidential with five point four billion minutes. Like. Really? Yeah. So, so Spencer Confidential was viewed for almost as much time as Hamilton. 
That's crazy. It's depressing, yeah. That's very mm. depressing. Uh, that actually feels like a win for Hamilton, considering the the different... I mean, Spencer Confidential is like an action movie, right? Yes, and some so Mark Wahlberg. Right, so you yeah. would assume... I mean, I would assume that the uh, the viewer base for Spencer Confidential would be broader in general than... I mean, like, Hamilton's Hamilton? a musical, it's about American history. Like, it's not going to travel yeah. internationally the way that, like, a Mark Wahlberg action movie would. Yeah, but I guess it, it just has to do with what your level of awareness is. Because I know, I think Spencer Confidential is based on books or something. Like, there's mm-hmm. reasons why people right. know about it. But I feel like nobody knows about it to the level that people are aware of Hamilton. <laughs> like, right. we've known that soundtrack. People have seen that play. Like, there is an, right. a, a again, level of awareness. That's, that's only for the... That's for the the elite, the the coastal elites. You know, you fancy with your fancy degrees and your and your New York theater. <laughs> Flattery will get you nowhere, Dan. Look, all I'm saying is that, uh, yeah, I mean, I watched Hamilton. It's, it's yeah. good. It's good. I enjoyed it. I did not watch Spencer Confidential, but I didn't um, either. Were there any on this on this list that surprised you? Um, like like I like New Girl actually surprised me, where I I did not. I mean, it was a, again. It was a popular show, but I feel like for whatever it hasn't, like it doesn't get, dis, it doesn't get. Uh, it's not talked about in the way that The Office is, like how people right. love The Office and they keep rewatching The Office. But I mean, a, you know, based on these numbers, someone's watching New Girl a lot. Um, Wait, I'm I find curious. It incredibly depressing that people are just sitting around watching NCIS. Really. Yeah. Well, NCIS has, I mean, it has more episodes. So part of this is, again, like, you know, it's number of episodes contribute to, if somebody's binging it, then there's right. a whole lot of minutes. But why would right. you binge NCIS? Right, so and so Supernatural, we joke about it being, you know, on forever, but it, it's there's 318 episodes that were on, ne- on oh Netflix. NCIS had 353 episodes. So it, and Grey's Anatomy had 366. Right. So... You know, looking at that, <laughs> they literally are kind of ranked based on, like, you could imagine the same number of people watching Grey's Anatomy, NCIS, and Supernatural, and the way that they're ranked in the list is purely based on the number of episodes. There's slightly right. more Grey's Anatomy, well, I, so they're slightly higher. <laughs> like, right. I, Do you think it's, the, it's all the same people? Well, I think that Supernatural being number seven on this list is entirely because of, of us. Frankly, you, yeah, yes. that's true. Yes. It's, we did it's, give it the supernatural bump in August 2020. Like, I want to see the what it looked bump, like yeah. that month. Yeah. yeah. Well, you'll notice, so they do say, uh, the article begins, the measurement firm began incorporating subscription streaming into its weekly ratings last summer. When okay. did we do our Podjiba Supernatural month? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last summer. That's true. Just saying. We I have a, a lot of... Um, Friends who have uh, children who are in middle school and high school who watch a ton of Grey's Anatomy. Why? Uh, I don't know. <gasps> Actually, can we do a sidebar? Dan, that reminds me. I think we have a, a reader question. Oh, oh yes, we no. do. I was I was gonna save this for the end, but uh, let's. I do feel it like now. Grey's Anatomy. But, you know. Yeah, we you have know a what? question. Let me. Let me. Uh, hang on, I gotta <sighs> write down the time code just because <laughs> to make sure. In case you want to pull it. Oh, no, no. We're, this is definitely staying in. I just want to make sure that it is in the show notes so that everyone can say, like, oh, yes, we, uh, 
here answer is, the question. <laughs> here is where the question is answered. This is where we're going to offer some clarification, right? No. So what is happening is uh, we got a uh, lovely listener uh-huh. question uh, on Twitter, as it turns out. And so let uh-huh. me uh, uh-huh. let me hang on. I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Twitter user bring back Buffy one asked this lovely question. I was listening to this today. Uh, This was in response to last week's uh, episode. (laughs) And now I'm watching The Resident, season three, episode one. And I have to ask, why do you like it? It's the same as Grey's. Same characters, same theme, mood, everything. This show has already been done to death. What am I missing? I'm so bored watching it. It ends with a Dan, question mark. Dan, let me let me take and so, this. And so this, quick. I feel like oh, this is directed at you, Dustin. It was literally at Dustin. Yeah, it was at you but, on Twitter, and also the resident being your, your favorite, favorite medical drama. And so, so uh-huh. Dustin, it, it, the floor is yours. Why do you love the resident? <laughs> See, this is this is this is what happened in the last four years. This misinformation. If somebody repeats misinformation <laughs> long enough. <laughs> People start to believe it. I have no idea what you're talking about. There is absolutely no example of that in real life. I have never seen The Resident, not once. (laughs) I like New Amsterdam, which is a different show that doesn't star Matt Krutchy, Krzyzewski. Uh, hot Christian radio boyfriend from yes. season two of Friday Night Lights. That's not yes. where he's from. That he is, is literally in where Friday Night Lights, but that is not where he's from. That's he is from we... Gilmore Girls, and he's from The Good Wife. We've already covered this. We don't watch those shows. <laughs> shows that we have not seen on Pod Jaiba. Correct. <sighs> so, Dustin, what you're saying, is to, for, to clear the air, you are saying that The Resident is not your favorite medical I've drama. I've never seen The Resident. Got it. And Not the show once. that you have seen is New Amsterdam. New Amsterdam. And you're Correct. saying that is somehow not actually The Resident. So New Amsterdam Who? is not Grey's Anatomy either. No. And it's no. not Chicago Hospital? No. New Amsterdam <laughs> is is totally different. It's about the... It's about, a, uh, it's about a vampire who never dies. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is about that. It's about, well, it's about, yeah, it's about the guy who, yeah, he doesn't die. Um, yeah. He's played by the guy from, uh, oh, no, uh, the guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, no, no, Nicol- no. Nic- Nikolai Coster. Nikolai yeah. yeah. Jamie yeah. Lannister. Yeah, Jamie Lannister. I didn't know that was a medical show. Uh, yeah, me neither. No one likes any of you. He had, like, a son who was really old in that show. Was he that's played? what happens when you live forever. I feel like I also... No, I'm thinking of Sleepy Hollow. I was like, was that son played by John Noble? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, that was, like, one of the later seasons of Sleepy Hollow, and it was terrible. But John Noble was predictably okay. great. So, uh, New so Amsterdam officially... stars die. Ryan Eggold, who is from The Blacklist, who, which is also a show that's on the top 15 streaming shows ever, or of the year, or whatever. Well, yes, it a, is. He yes. was a major character for a while in The Blacklist, and then I think he may have got killed off and probably came back at some point because that's what the way the blacklist works. Also, for comparison's sake, I was curious because uh, I thought, Queen's Gambit, why isn't this on there? Uh, and I looked up, like, the third week it uh, of that series. It had 1.4 billion minutes in that one week, so I guess it would have to do that for 14 weeks right. to yeah. make it. 
but I feel like Queen's Gambit was like really huge. It was probably huge, but and I, and so they do say something about um, when they're looking at just the original shows. Uh, most of them, like most of them, like. Uh, I think in the, at least in the top twenty, like five other Netflix originals are clustered between eleven billion and thirteen point five billion streaming minutes. Ah. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at, and those are like Umbrella Academy, uh, Great British ba- Baking Show, Boss Baby, Back in Business. Oh, Forgot God. they had a cartoon Jesus. on that. Uh, Longmire and You. So I think Longmire you know, still really. Yes, yeah. but you know, but things like Umbrella Academy, You, those at least have a couple seasons. Um, what's probably happening with Queen's Gambit? I think it's harder for a first season show because like right. every time it comes back, people will then rewatch maybe right. to catch New up. People right. will discover. So, um, so that you're seeing some shows that have like at least two seasons under their belt, kind of getting clustered together. Um, and even Mandalorian, like it. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of the only thing that Disney has going for it, but this was right. also its second season. So. Right. Um, and, and it Cobra goes Kai down so only easy. had uh, half hour episodes. Otherwise, I suspect it would have. I, I feel like the biggest shows were probably Tiger King, Queen's Gambit, The Crown, Cobra Kai. Just right. based you, on like. But you, you also what? have to remember that all of these, I mean, all of the shows that are on this top 15 were on Netflix all year. Like, yeah. Tiger right. King was, right. you know, back early in the year. So versus like, right, like if, if Queen's Gambit had an entire year, if Cobra Kai. Because even the first two seasons of Cobra Kai weren't on Netflix until, what, like, mid-year? Oh, yeah, Not I don't even, know. It was, like, Maybe, like, November. summer, or... It was... I feel like... Well, yeah, anyway. It was later in, late enough in the year that, like, you know, even with everyone finding the show and catching up, they there wasn't, you know, there wasn't enough time for them to rack up the kind of numbers that, that some of these shows had. Jesus, yeah. Vampire Diaries still? Yeah. Oof. I just... I'm still surprised by Ozark. Like, of all the original, like, mm-hmm. that is the highest-ranking original series. Yeah. And it's only got 30 episodes, and I just never... I feel like I'm an outlier, and then I really do like it. Yeah. Like, I know that people enjoy it, but you just... It never had the kind of build-up that some of these other shows had. Like, it... I'm just surprised. Like, it, right. it is that popular, and yet no one ever talks about it. But there's something interesting in that a lot of these shows are not... Uh, it's it's I guess it's kind of a reminder that like most of these shows are not the, uh, you know the the show that wins awards kind of show other than you know the Mandalorian, right? Uh, best show of twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, according to Pod Jiva unanimously. Uh, but I, I mean I guess you know the Office early seasons, um, uh, Schitt's Creek won some awards, but like for the most part these are like kind of like meat. Even the originals are more like meat and potato meat and potatoesy kind of shows. Like yeah. Like like Ozark is really well done, uh, but it's but it's not like a it's not like a weird artsy show. Like it's a right. you know, it's a crime drama. It's a, uh, it's a drama. I feel Why like there's shows that either uh, teenagers watch or old people watch because those are the people that watch TV the most. Mm-hmm. Well, but I also think there's something like we talk about the the laundry folding shows. Right. And a lot of these are the kind of comforting, just throw it on when you have other things to do. They're not the I need to focus. Right. Um, and because so many of them are genre shows, you know, I mean, aside from the fact that there are procedurals, you know, there's your Grey's Anatomy or NCIS, and then, you know, you've got, and Criminal Minds, like, those are just, like, uh, that's what the, you know, but then you have Supernatural, Lucifer, mm-hmm. Vampire Diaries, like, you know, they're right. just, 
Yeah, but just... it's funny that uh, criminal minds at NCIS are so high, and yet there wasn't like uh, CBS All Access didn't just like pull those and make those exclusives or anything to try to <sighs> like if... they did the Peacock did with The Office or uh, who got Seinfeld Netflix who got Seinfeld they forget. Uh, well, I feel who? like if I feel like if Netflix had Seinfeld, it would be on the list. I, I want to yeah. say it's no, it's not Hulu. Who ended up with it? Uh, it would have to be Peacock, wouldn't it? Seinfeld? Friends went to uh, HBO. No, Seinfeld's Hulu. Oh. Seinfeld's Hulu, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like some of these shows, probably the deals pre-exist, because like... Right. Like The Office just expired. Right. right. So. You know, Grey's Anatomy or, or Criminal Mind, like some of the, yeah, the CBS shows, I could see them waiting until the deal expires and then pulling it, because now that these kind of lists are being made public, it's like, oh, shit, if people <laughs> want to watch this, we should probably keep it in-house. Right. Um, you know, but it also, I think, then depends on, I guess, who produced it versus the network, and because, you know, you have your... I'm assuming residuals to think about and like whoever makes that decision, if you're going to get more money right. off of the replays on Netflix versus like CBS all access. Right. And the, the, I mean, it, it it's weird because there, a, a lot of these shows when they, when they go into these negotiations for their, whatever their next streaming deal is there, you know, there is a bidding, right? So like other, like it could come back to Netflix, but uh, somehow the studio that owns them always seems to win the bid, which is interesting. Uh, <laughs> shocking! It's shocking. But, yeah. Uh, but they also, I mean, a lot of times it's not per show. Like they'll sell a catalog right. of shows at one time. Right. So they may reconfigure that catalog. Um, right. But that's where you know. Like uh, the CW just announced this week that their catalog, like they had a catalog deal with Netflix for right. as you can tell with Supernatural and Vampire Diaries uh, but their next deal whenever this one expires is going to be HBO Max which so makes even though, sense because it's Warner right right. but half their shows are owned by C- CBS um, because uh, the CW is a, CW, is a yeah. split right so right. half the shows are produced by Warner half by CBS but uh, but yeah they're going to keep the entire library at least for whatever the next deal is on HBO Max because for them, it makes sense as a brand to have it in one place. In one place, right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because for long Interesting time. Interesting that with 10 seasons, The Walking Dead did not make it. But because where can you watch it? Is it on Netflix, Netflix or is it only on yeah. AMC? No, it's uh, Netflix, The Walking Dead. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead is on Hulu. I did notice that. It is on Netflix. Huh? And it's, I think they made a deal like in the second season of The Walking Dead and it's been on there since I, I don't know what the deal was but it was like because they haven't re-upped any deals there haven't been any announcements about new deals it's just like maybe it was like a lifetime deal I don't know I I'm not sure but there are some parts of Walking Dead that are not great <laughs> maybe it's not <laughs> it makes it harder to binge because you're going to have to go through the seasons that suck right <laughs> But the seasons that suck, you get to them quickly if you binge. Do you? <laughs> it doesn't just kind of make you stop watching? No. Damn. No. All right. Uh, real fans stick with it. Well, look, I watched... Uh, <laughs> no, no, there I aren't watched, as many real fans as Supernatural. 
I I'm watched it for as long as I could, uh, and then, uh, and then you know, and then there were no more Asians on the show, and I said, "All right, well, that's enough." That is, it is. <laughs> so you watched it into is really, the first season. <laughs> I have to say, like, it is is funny, uh, just to think about that. That basically, The Walking Dead has lost ten million viewers a week since Glenn was killed off. That's how much he meant to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why, uh, you know, hopefully future Oscar nominee <laughs> is Stephen Young. But, uh, I don't know. Anyway. So the I don't know how we got there. <laughs> so the Mandalorian, uh, clearly the winner of this list. That's Because it's that's the, the only, takeaway. other than Supernatural, which cracked number seven purely based on everyone rewatching it for this podcast. Right. You're welcome. Congratulations. Uh, and so the, the the next show that uh, we'll, we'll we'll have to see whether or not we give it the Podjiba bump is uh, Call Me Cat, <laughs> <laughs> which is a real sitcom on Fox. Uh, it is uh, it created by Darlene Hunt, who created um, oh shoot, what's it? Uh, the Big C. Uh, she wrote on the Connors, Aww. Dickinson, that is um, a big fall, Roseanne. Uh, so she's like a you know longtime comedy writer, uh, and uh, this show is based on a British import called Miranda. Um, stars the the American version, Call Me Cat. Stars Maya Bialik uh, as uh, Cat, a woman uh, who's thirty nine and unmarried, and owns a cat cafe, and breaks the fourth wall a lot. Yes. And. <laughs> Uh, I watched the pilot. Dustin watched the pilot. Tori, for some reason, watched two episodes. Well, wow, you made it to the second episode. I did because I well because once I found out that it was like a, a, an American remake of Miranda, I, I kind of wanted to see more and, and to compare. But you know, just to, and also to see if once you get past the the pilot episode, if if like if they had the format set because it was a remake, or if you know maybe it would improve in the second episode. I it didn't. Um, but oh, I, no. I do think it's, <laughs> I will say this. I think that it is, um, Mayim Bialik is really good. I think that she, I think the problem with the show is the format and the fact that it is, I like Miranda started in 2009 and it mm-hmm. just feels like because they're, they're being, they've updated the details, but they're trying to be very faithful to the type of humor that was in the show, and I think it just, it feels so stale. It's right. just so outdated. Right. <laughs> and so it's really hard, because I'm like, you have a bunch of really good actors, and they're they're doing fine for what they're supposed to do. Right. I mean, besides her, you have uh, Swoozy, Swoozy, Swoozy Kurtz, Kurtz. Uh, Leslie Jordan, uh, yeah. Cheyenne Jackson. Leslie Jordan's yeah. amazing, um, too. Yeah. Um, what's her, Vanessa Lachey, or... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got... it. And they kind of, and yeah, it's it's just Miami Alec, you know, talking about how she's, every, everyone thinks she shouldn't be single, and she is single, and it's, you know, cat lady jokes, and, you know, trying to get her out dating, and her mom matchmaking, and it, it's just, you know, I, and it's sad, because I, I'm, and part of me is like, I'm really impressed that Miami Alec is the only person who could pull this off, it's just that this show should never have been pulled off. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm like, she actually makes a great Miranda Hart. Right. It's just that the time for this kind of humor, like, we have evolved so far past it, and it just, it, 
like I want her to have a better showcase. Right. My uh, I watched it with my kids, and they thought it was a satire of <laughs> bad sitcoms. They were like, "Is this is this a joke? Is this are they?" And 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 at the is end of the episode, I don't, did they in the in the second episode did they do the same thing where they like break the fourth wall for the credits? Oh yeah, and like. They bring in the whole cast and they wave mm-hmm. at the yeah. audience because it's like filmed in front of a live audience and then they all... Right. Which is like yeah. something straight out of Hee Haw. Yeah. And there's something kind of charming about it. It's just... It, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't work. Right. No. Well, it, it, I, think, I think that you hit on it, Tori, which is that it feels... Like, like whether or not you're going to enjoy this show is based on, one, if you really love Mayim Bialik or not, and two, if you want like a throwback style sitcom yeah um because like the again I haven't, I haven't seen the first episode but the the jokes feel like you know like from a decade or more ago um the format and the um and the fact the original was you know 10 years ago um so yeah it, it feels like a. it's like watching I, I, I mean yeah, it just, it just feels like a like a show from another time period. It's like watching a Kathy strip come to life. Oh, that's that's that sounds about right. I don't mm-hmm. I don't remember mm-hmm. the I don't remember Kathy much other than like the Thirty Rock joke that they made about it. Yeah, um, which I was don't. already a dated reference back then, and that was. <laughs> 15 years ago. But well, 10 it, years ago. but I do think that like I'm I'm glad that we decided to all watch it after watching Mr. Mayor cuz it was something that we were kind of struggling with last week which was here is this new sitcom that is relying so heavily on you know kind of the same shtick that Tina Fey had done on these other shows but without right. injecting anything new. And right. here we have another sitcom <laughs> that is literally just a remake of a decade-old British show right. that isn't you know, while it has tried to update the premise, it's only updated the details. It hasn't mm-hmm. updated the 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 sense of humor. Right. Um, and so it, it still does feel like you know. I'm like I can I can look at how it is well executed for, and it is intentional. It is not failed in its you know um, its goals. Like it is right. a well executed version of exactly what it is trying to be. It just should have aimed higher. Right, <laughs> and I feel bad because I'm like Maya Bialik is doing so well, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like she is a natural comedic lead. I just she, give her something because better. she hams it up well. Yeah, I think she hams it up well, and I th- I, I think mean, that's she not, does, but you know I don't think that that's a very easy thing. Like her, especially like the cutting to the the fourth wall breaks and stuff. Like I'm, I don't like the style. I think mm-hmm. that. I am shocked at how well she sells it. Right. Precisely by by kind of being hammy and her timing on it is is spot on. Right. Um and of course she you know, she grew up on Blossom. Like she doing <laughs> old style, you know, sitcoms. Right. I I mean like what was I guess here's a here's a question then. What what was the last if you if you have one, uh do you have like a multicam uh that like the last multicam that you thought was like really good or really like because multi multicams as a format always nowadays feel, feel a little very dated. dated. Um, but how, it, how do, I met do your any of you? Maybe the last one. But even How no. I Met Your Mother was not a true multicam. 
Yeah. It was a hybrid because they, they filmed it like a multicam, but but a lot of the jokes rely on cutaway and editing techniques that it was essentially a single camera comedy that happened to film like a multicam. And I don't I don't know. I can't think of Oh uh, wait, one day at a time, I think. One day at a time is a multicam, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that I, was good. Um, but yeah, yeah, like the like a lot of the multicams that I enjoyed recently, like one day at a time is one. Um, the other one that I'm thinking of was like uh, uh, Carmichael show, which was a few years ago now. Um, oh yeah. But like, but that one was very was even like more of a throwback in that like they tried to do they did a lot of episodes where it was like basically one one set, and you know they're doing a play right about like this topic like right. like we're gonna debate whatever the topic is and then you know everyone in the, all the characters have their point of view and then they make jokes out of that but that's essentially the show um huh so but yeah i don't know i mean it's 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 a it's tough because it's a dated it's it's a format that looks and feels dated whether or not that's fair yeah um and, and like i would argue i don't think she's hamming it up any more than like matt leblanc did on friends oh yeah no not at all like and it's a uh and and there there's a second problem which is that like with a multicam, you're you're it's kind of like the same trap you fall into with SNL where you're you actually have to entertain the live audience first. Like if it doesn't work for the live audience, then the whole show is gonna be terrible. Right. So it has to work on stage live first, and then you're and then somehow it also has to work for TV even though those are two completely different things. Um, yeah. The um, overnight audiences for the first episode were very good, five and a half million, which is very good for now. Mm-hmm. But by the third episode, it was 2.8 million, so I don't think that's going to stick around. Well, they, they promoted it so heavily, I can imagine a lot of people tuning in just, I mean, we that's how we <laughs> tuned in out of curiosity. Right. <laughs> um, and I was impressed that they... they really threw that much marketing toward it. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I just pop up on some sort of algorithm where, like, call me, you know, <laughs> cat ladies. Like, right. average, all of us get... Well, all, you, 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 you do have a cat. So. I, yes, I do, Dan. There you go. I do like taking pictures of my cat. I also <laughs> Google cat toys. I don't know why that would be relevant here. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's, uh, it, it's the... the the internet knows too much about us. Um. <laughs> That's kind of true. But actually, can I, I have a segue? Yes. Spe- oh, please. Speaking of retro television shows. Yes. It's probably time you. for us to get to our main topic. There we go. <laughs> Corey doing my job for me. Thank you, Tori. Uh, WandaVision. 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 Um, so I have a question before we before we get into I mean like this will that 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 I think will kick off WandaVision. So the first two episodes uh, premiered on Disney Plus. Long awaited WandaVision. Uh, the trailers made it seem very strange. Yes. This show I think so far has lived up to that that strange premise of mm-hmm. uh, Wanda and Vision being in some kind of weird TV reality somehow. Yes. Um, but here's my question: Is now the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is primarily for? I mean, obviously everyone watches it, but it's really for like you know teens and young adults, right? Like that's probably the 
the dynamic they're aiming for. Um, but I, I guess my question, like, like these first two episodes are homages to 50s and 60s uh, sitcoms. And so who, why? <laughs> like, who, like, like it, is that really something that their core audience understands? So I, I would argue that their core audience isn't, I, I think that, you know, obviously it's kid-friendly. It can be, the movies certainly, um, and can be, you know, appealing for teenagers or whatever, but there's also right. a level at which they are, you're talking about comic book fans, and they can be, you know, middle-aged men. So That's true. But, I think but expecting, even, you know, I'm not saying everyone was, you know, obsessed with I Love Lucy and right. also well, Iron Man. Well, but. but that's the thing is that, like, even someone, even if you're going to talk about even someone who say, about like, someone who say, let's like, let's say is in, like, their 40s, in, like, their 40s and came up on, like, Marvel Comics of the 80s, right. they're, still they're still not old enough. enough. I mean, they're old I mean, enough they're old to know what I Love Lucy was, but they're not old enough to have been a fan of I Love Lucy, like, when it was on the air. Like, they probably caught it in reruns or something. Yeah, but I also think that that's something that, that's that um, uh, there is a cultural there is a awareness cultural for these styles, styles and I also and think, I also that, think the that the power of reruns in the 80s and right, 90s, right. there was a, there was certainly <laughs> there was an, awareness an awareness going, going back, back to, to, shows to shows far older, older than there would be, would be say, for right, somebody right. now. Well, well nowadays, nowadays, you look at Nick at Night, which is where I would watch, like, I Love Lucy, Stranger and Genie, and shows like that. And now Nick at Night is French. And I'm like, that is wrong. That is not an Old sitcom. old sitcom. How dare you? How dare you? No, uh, Nick at Night was supposed to be. It should just be Get Smart Forever. That's mm-hmm. all they should play. Anyway, <laughs> <sighs> I didn't know Nick at Night was still a block. Oh yeah, and it's it. No, don't look at it. It it make it'll it, make me feel not, really. Oh. It'll make you feel old. I'm like middle aged. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, WandaVision. Uh, so the. I also think there will be more relevance. I think it's hard because the first two episodes out of the gate are so old, but because they're jumping a decade each, each episode, you're going to get into stuff that will be more relevant. You just have to wait till mid season. Right. But, but that's the other funny thing is that, so, so people, I mean, there, there's enough in these first two episodes where they hint at, you know, obviously something's going on. Obviously we know that there's some bigger story being told that we're not getting yet. Uh, but, it also doesn't get us there in the first two episodes, so... Not even a little bit. So so you end episode two, and you're basically like, oh, okay, I know something weird's going on, and I know that there are Easter eggs for, like, the hardcore fans, which uh, I don't have knowledge of. Mm-hmm. Um, I can but, try to walk through some of those. Cool. That's good, because I cannot. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it's just like, like, if I were someone who didn't... Like, I'm kind of appreciating it almost more on, like, that meta-textual TV level where right. I'm like, I'm appreciating, like, this is actually a pretty good multi-cam sitcom uh, episode. Um, but, but like, the... But if, if you were to ask me what is it about, I still have no idea. Yeah. I, so where I... And again, you're absolutely right. Like, where they are at, for what they have made explicit in the first two episodes, it's really hard to tell, like, where this is all going. Right. Um, I think it's important to note that um, before the show started, from what we knew, Vision was dead. Right. Uh, so, and that means that Wanda should be, you know, processing grief. Like, she was just starting this, a relationship. This, again, this was between Infinity War and Endgame? No, Is I think right? this takes place after Endgame. 
Yeah. I oh, think. Okay. So this is like, and Vision had died and did not come back. Like there was no, I think his death fell outside of what the reset kind of. Right. Cause he was, cause he died before the snap. Right. Before the, right. So he, his was not a death, a snap related death. Yeah. So unsnapping <laughs> wasn't going to happen. Right. Um, so that's one important thing. So already the premise of the show doesn't make sense because Vision is dead. Right. And we don't know kind of how, how that's going on. Fans of the comics will have a lot more to go on because if you know anything about Wanda, um, and this is where the show is more exciting to me, it especially um, in terms of the MCU. Because I was always a little worried when they introduced the Scarlet Witch uh, mm-hmm. to the Avengers. Because her character tends to be, um, she's incredibly powerful. Um, she has a messy, messy, messy backstory (laughs) and, uh, there are giant cataclysmic events that often are caused by her just kind of having a mental breakdown. Mm -hmm. And this has gone on for decades. (laughs) Like, uh, and it, and it's sad because she could, she's a very interesting character, but there's also like when she's having a bad day, if a lot of her character arcs hinge on mental illness. Mm-hmm. And then her lashing out and, you know, eradicating all the mutants, say, <laughs> uh, just whispering them out of being. Uh, and so it's a really tough thing where it's like if you, you know, there's so much potential for interesting storylines with her character, but right. doing it in a way that isn't just making, you know, that is treating mental illness in a more positive way. So I think where I get interested in this series is that I think they're finally starting to broach her her mental state but not in a way that's that's causing you know a cataclysmic event like they're not you know going to make her something that the avengers have to like rally against or you know they're they're actually creating a a smaller stage for a more intimate story about her processing grief Mm mm-hmm um, is where I think this is going. And I think that there are other elements going on. Um, that helicopter that you see in color in the bushes mm-hmm. has a sword logo on it, which is another agency. Um, it's sort of, it's supposed to be the outer space version of shield. Uh-huh. Uh, oh. I think that they are, mm. yeah. Sword stands for, I forget what it stands for. I think they're redoing, um, what exactly its role is, but we, I think we more or less have already know that, that sword is going to be introduced because I think that's where we saw, um, Nick Fury working with Talos. Um, was it the end credits of he, so Talos is the Ben Mendelsohn character from Captain Marvel. So, you know how we, we basically know Nick Fury is off with a scroll. Mm-hmm. So they're doing yes. something. So I think they're working with with sword, uh, theoretically. I don't know, but yeah. So it's it's sort of the extraterrestrial or however MCU is playing it. They're another agency similar to Shield. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Do you know what's going to come about? You know what's going to happen. I know based on the comics. I have some. They didn't do a storyline exactly like this, but I do have some theories as to because like next week's episode she's gonna have twins and i know how that pans out (laughs) i don't know how they're gonna do it and and the other thing to remember is that this show will be lower stakes i think it's going to introduce things but kevin feig has already said that whatever happens in the show like whatever happens in the movies you do know 
you do not have to watch the shows to understand the movies. There will mm-hmm. be plenty of threads that tie in for fans who do, but it's not like watching WandaVision will not be homework necessarily for the next Doctor Strange movie. Right. But there'll be like Easter eggs and then Doctor Strange to make you appreciate WandaVision right. or something. Probably. Because she'll show it because Wanda will be in that. So well, there's, um, there's something interesting that, that you just said that I didn't think about um, is the, the idea... The idea of this show uh, addressing kind of like her character's mental illness, like how how would you, since you've watched all of it, how does that compare to say like Legion? Because Legion was, and I didn't finish it, but a lot of that show was around uh, his mental, it was kind of like an exploration of of mental illness in a way. Yeah, um, it, it was. And it also, I think Legion is one of the, more interesting, even though it, it 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 had its own set of problems. Um, Legion had one of the more interesting finales mm-hmm. out of all of this kind of era of comic book stuff because what they kind of they reached a conclusion that was not a fight. Like they found growth um, through like working together. Like it was mm-hmm. it was it was weird in that the the finale in some ways was a bit of a Ted Lasso thing. Like characters had to admit their problems and, and let go Mm -hmm. and move on. And, and, and there was no fight. There was no battle. And the show definitely had plenty of battles along the way. There were plenty of enemies. Uh, Half the time Legion himself, (laughs) David was the enemy. Um, But I do think that, but I also think Legion was trying to walk a, a weird path where it was, you know, certainly in the first season, you kind of have that, is he actually a mutant or does he have men- mental illness? Is it mm-hmm. possible that he is both? He is a mutant, you know, he really does have these powers and he really is mentally ill and that is a dangerous combination. Right. And then kind of threading that needle through the story of, you know, if you have those level of powers and you, you have um, reason, you know, you do not have the a necessarily healthy outlook or, or uh, ability to process your emotions, uh, a moral compass, anything like that. Like how responsible are you for your actions mm-hmm. when your actions can have such dangerous consequences? Um, so, you know, I think the show whiffed it, but I think it also raised a lot of really interesting questions. And I think that mm-hmm. that is, um, some of those questions are in the comics. Legion was, really positioned more as a villain. Like he was unfortunate, but there were, there were some storylines where he was a, a hero, but you know, I think they, they were smart to kind of pick this more obscure character and build up this whole mythology around him. Wanda's a, uh, in some ways a lot more challenging because she is a, she is such an important character in the comics. Right. right. And her mental illness issues are so <laughs> front and center, like entire, crossover events are based around her having a breakdown (laughs) and altering reality. So, uh, and she still manages to like, you know, come out the other side and and be a hero. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so I, and I'm glad, you know, I would not, some of those things I would not want to see on screen in that way. So I'm kind of happy that if they're going to invest in, in Wanda as a character, they're handling it on this kind of level right? where it seems like much lower stakes and, and a real look at her character. And that's what I'm hoping the show will be. I don't know. Right. 
And and it it's that's kind of what I hope too, especially because, and again, I don't have I don't know the comics nearly as well as you do, or even like the the MCU the the movies themselves. Um, I'm I have maybe an intermediate level of knowledge at best, um, but her character in the movies was never. I feel like was never front and center enough to where like like they didn't really dig into her character that much. No. Yeah. Um, so so this is kind of the first time we we could really get like a, a lot of that insight. Yeah. Um, for for the people who don't know the comics. Especially. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I was not thrilled with how they introduced her character and then mm-hmm. and then kind of immediately giving her the relationship with Vision as a romance that you kind of you see in a later you know, like Avengers movie, but you don't, you never see the buildup of it. It's just all of a sudden, it's like, he's nice to her. And then you find out that they're together. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh, they're a couple. Okay. Yeah. And, and because we haven't, you know, there is more time that has elapsed, but because we've only, we literally saw her like as a bad guy with her brother mm-hmm. and then her brother dies. And then she's under the care of the Avengers. And then she kind of starts hooking up with Vision. And so you really get the impression that it's just, you know, Vision could be the rebound. Right. In some ways. Like, this is just the next male that, you know, sort of male. I mean, he's a robot. Uh, Android thing. Um, You know, but the kind of next connection she, you know, emotional investment she has in a... Right. You know. No, they have not given her a whole lot of depth. So I think that, you know using the TV shows to, to do a bit of that. Um, and if they do it well, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, and there are other so Easter eggs. Knowing, knowing what you know about the comics, mm-hmm. will this be a one season show? Yeah, I think so. I, well, I think so because I think at some point they're going to have to resolve whether or not vision is real or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I, I, and this is where I can't tell cause they're, there are two avenues that I think that this could go, and I'm not quite sure which one they're choosing yet. And I'm sure there are critics who have, because I've also been trying to avoid a lot of the reviews that are based on having seen more episodes, because I kind of, I just but didn't. But they've only seen three. They've only seen one more. Okay, I think. so um, so I, that's why, like, I know the babies show up. But uh, there's, so there's one, this could be a delusion of hers, um, purely. Um, and she's going to essentially, you know, wish babies into existence. And at some point, and she, she's creating a whole alternate reality where she is happy and something will burst her bubble. Mm-hmm. And she will, will learn that Vision, you know, is dead. Um, and that will all come crumbling down. And po- But possibly, um, because she is the Scarlet Witch, um, those babies, <laughs> even though she didn't actually give birth, like, she really did create two souls. And those will uh, grow up to be um, a, a set of twins that are, their powers are loosely. The Wonder Twins? Huh? No, not the Sorry. Wonder Twins. Wrong. <laughs> no, Wrong. but they end up being two twins that uh, one of them kind of has the, the power set of Quicksilver and one of them has magic like Scarlet Witch. So mm-hmm. there is, so the twins thing, I don't know how far they'll go that way, but I do think if they're, uh, it seems like they're building up because um, eventually they become members of what are called the Young Avengers, and it sounds like uh, they're already. If they've got Kate Bishop joining the Hawkeye show, she was one, and I mm-hmm. think they've talked about um, Cassie Lang, um, Ant Man's daughter, 
maybe getting aged up in future movies. She ends up being another Young Avenger. So if they want to introduce the Young Avengers, they may... Those the twins that she had, you know, that could pan out. The other storyline okay, that might be interesting. That could be interesting. Um, it's a it's a weird ass way for it to happen, but <laughs> sure. Uh, so that might be one, that's one set of inspiration. Um, the other thing that that happened is at one point there is a cosmic cube that I am blanking on how this all goes down, but I think it was during the time when. Uh, Captain America was secretly a Hydra agent and he'd been like manipulated or something. But uh, there's basically this suburban setting and everyone in it is kind of uh, living, they're they're programmed, they're kind of living a life. They don't realize that they're incarcerated because it seems like this perfect suburban existence, but they're kind of trapped by this cosmic cube. Mm -hmm. Um, something like that. So I need to read up on, on the details of that, but I remember that uh, scenario. So that I have a feeling that may be playing more of it. Um, the Because we know that she, wherever she is, she's being monitored. Somebody is watching the TV show. Now, whether right. she's mm-hmm. creating that TV show with her mind or that is something that someone else is doing to her, we don't know. We heard uh, the radio say, like, who's doing this to you, Wanda? Right. That was Randall Park. Um, who played Jimmy Woo. Oh, from Ant-Man. From Ant-Man, yeah. Yeah. So he was an FBI agent in Ant-Man. At some point, uh, this may be him having transferred from the FBI to S.W.O.R.D. or to another Mm -hmm. agency. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then the the pothole that lifted up, a guy comes out in a beekeeper suit. Mm -hmm. And that, I don't know if the show is doing it, but in the comics, there's a very... The joke is there's a there's an organization, a villainous organization called uh, Advanced Idea Mechanics, AIM, mm-hmm. and all of the, <laughs> and their like henchman <laughs> outfit looks like a beekeeper suit. Uh-huh. So it could be like in her, if this is her delusion, it could be an AIM person, and her mind automatically made it like a literal beekeeper suit. Right. Oh, okay. okay. So so if she's being held by AIM, and Sword is trying to find her. Um then that might be, but it, again, it doesn't answer whether they've got her, they're running the program, or if she is running a, if she's creating this around a reality around herself, or if they're creating it for her. Right. So, so it's like, is she in, is she trapped in someone else's matrix, or is she creating her own matrix? Exactly. Or is okay. it both? Is she stuck in a matrix right. that she is influencing to her own ends? Right. So. Right. So, I guess as, the outlier in that I don't love the show yet. <laughs> That's okay. Um, Wait, Dustin, is I, it because we made you watch Call Me Cat? No. <laughs> you love Call Me Cat so much that you just, WandaVision held nothing for you? It's that I know that all of this is a dream or a delusion or something else, and that it, it just feels like we're just waiting around to find out what the mystery is, and so we sort of have to appreciate these episodes for what they are, and honestly, I don't appreciate them. I mean, I, I, I like what they're trying to do, but I don't find it all that interesting to, like, do a bewitched episode with... Right. Yeah. You have to kind of, like, appreciate... Because, yeah, they are recreating with incredible attention to detail, but, like, sure. is it any deeper than that? And I don't right. think, while I can see the hints that they're adding, they've added very few of them to give you 
a reason to kind of stay with I mean, it. I assume that right. something is happening, but also, like, and this is a funny thing, uh, May reviewed it for us. And um, there's this thing with the readers who will be like, uh, you know, Somebody will say, well, the show gets better in, like, the fifth episode, and people will, like, and people will bitch, like, I'm not waiting around for five episodes. But for this particular show, they're like, why um, why are you reviewing it after two episodes? There's right. a whole season. Right. Why don't you fucking wait until you watched it all? And yeah. you're like, well, but what? That, what? That, that brings me back to my original question, which is, like, who is this for? Right. <laughs> because it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't quite... Yeah, like I, I mean, my especially kids. these early episodes, they don't they don't answer that question. Like it's not, it's uh, like the the only people who would really love it at this point, just off the first right. two episodes, are either hardcore Marvel nerds, right, who are like who are just gonna like who who will watch the whole thing because they know it's leading somewhere and have theories, uh, right or wrong, regardless. Like they 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 know that it's clearly leading to something that they will probably enjoy. Um, or hardcore TV people who, like, appreciate the fact that, like, oh, no, that's a very good homage to, you know, 50s-style sitcoms versus 60s or 70s-style sitcoms and, like, the nuance between the two, um, which yeah. is incredibly well done, I think. Yeah. Um, but um, but it's well, not enough. I I would agree with that. But I yeah. also think that... I, oh, sorry. Well, I was thinking, I, I watched, you know, the first two episodes before my kids... Because I was like, you know, MCU is, that's like my kids. They love the MCU. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I need to watch this to make sure it's okay. I watched the first two episodes and I said, you can watch it if you want, but I don't think you'll really care about it. Mm -hmm. It's like not going to be interesting to you at all. Right. Yeah. Did they watch it? No. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's really one for kids. Right. Well, it's funny I mean, they look I, at it already, and they say, "Well, it's black and white," and that's automatically yeah. a turnoff yeah. for them. Well, and and I've I've heard from so my my nephew is I don't have kids, but my nephew is big into the MCU, and he and his friends watched it, and um, you know they're 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 like very into Marvel, so they so they see like the you know the hints, and they're like, "Oh, that that's the stuff that gets them excited because you know they know that it's leading somewhere," but. They didn't get any of the TV stuff, of course, because they're kids. Like, they're, oh, yeah. you know, right. like 12, 13-year-olds. So they don't know anything about, I mean, they don't even know Friends. Like, forget, like, you know, I Love Lucy or, or I Dream of Jeannie or shows like that. Yeah. Um, or Bewitched. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's <laughs> again, I feel like, I, I don't know, I don't quite get it. But but I did enjoy it. But I think I enjoyed it on like the TV the TV side. level. And I think a yeah. lot of people. Well, I appreciate that, that it's different. Because when I saw the previews for uh, you know Captain Winter and Falcon or whatever their names are, that looked like a very generic sort of MCU thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not I'm excited sure that, for that. Yeah. There there no, is one but, other thing that made me excited about this show, although it's only because I looked up the credits, and it's not anything that's been in the episodes yet. Uh, it's that uh, one of the one of the one of the characters uh, who we we met as uh, Geraldine. Name? Geraldine. Yep. Uh, played by Tiona Paris, is apparently playing the character that she's actually playing is Monica Rambo. Right. Who oh. is uh, one of the captains Marvel. Um, but the reason why I'm excited, and I think Tori knows where I'm about to go, is that Monica Rambeau is uh, the leader of Next Wave. 
Yes. And I'm I'm just hoping <laughs> that never like do it. <laughs> that I'm just hoping that the MCU gets so successful Wait, they're like fuck it we'll do a next wave show. <laughs> Who cares? Fine. If they did a next wave animated show, I would I would lose my mind. I would lose my mind. Um, But no, so Dustin, uh, you've met Monica. So in Captain Marvel, her best friend is Maria. No, no, I know her. Right, so the daughter is Monica. I don't know what next wave is. Oh, no. Oh, oh. Right, so the daughter. So that was one of the things. So I know some people were upset with the Captain Marvel movie because um, Monica Rambeau was the first female Captain Marvel Mm -hmm. before... Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers was Ms. Marvel, oh. and uh, and then she went by Warbird, and she went by a whole bunch of other titles before she took the mantle of Captain Marvel. But like twenty or thirty years before, in the comics, Monica Rambeau was Captain Marvel. So right. there was this level was of Monica Rambeau black in the comics. Yes, she was a mm-hmm. black female. Oh. She was the first yes. black female leader of the Avengers. Yep, that's amazing. Really important character, and so there was there were you know. There were some fans who of the comics who were very upset that like we have a Captain Marvel movie and they age down Monica mm. Rambeau to make her a child, so it sort of gives the Carol Danvers character the there like I don't think there we will ever get Monica Rambeau called Captain Marvel, and she mm-hmm. has a whole different power set, and she also went by a number of different names, but. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she she actually has a, a long and storied history in the comics as well, and often right. was underappreciated and underwritten. So, right. but um, but is amazing in next wave. In next and, wave, and, and Dustin. So so this is just to since Dustin, I'm assuming you don't know. What I next don't wave know is. what the hell you're talking about. Okay. In next wave. Next wave was a very short like like next wave is like the. It's like the freaks and geeks of, of Marvel. Basically, like, like Marvel it, it, it only ran for one year. They only did 12 issues. I thought issues you were a canceled. Marvel guy. How do you know Okay, this? no, no, no. Because Be- it was a comment. It was Marvel paid Warren Ellis to write mm-hmm. a mockery of oh, Marvel. Warren Ellis. So, yeah. but, but it literally is a spoof of Marvel comics. Right. Involving and, Marvel characters. And, and he picked, so he picked a oh, bunch okay, of characters okay, who had okay. basically fallen out of Marvel. Like, he picked a bunch of characters who, like, no one used in years. And then made them into a team, and this was this came out in like the mid two thousand or like mid to late two thousand. Yeah. So it was so it was it was that it was like a like a mockery of the war on terror. Yeah. Uh, there were and like there were sp- like drop koalas that bit people's there, there, heads. Yeah. Evil koalas. <laughs> Evil uh, koalas. The the foot soldiers were grown. They called them broccoli men because they were like grown from plants. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a dragon named Fing Fang Foom who wears uh, a diaper. Well, he's, <laughs> a diaper and he was also pants. a character, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like, like it, it, and so, so he created this team called Next Wave of like these random, uh, these random characters who had been cast aside. So they're all characters who had existed in Marvel previously. Uh, and then the, you, you join them when they're being hunted by a bad guy named Dirk Anger who is incredibly <laughs> upset that because next wave was like his superhero team uh, but they they, they uh, stole broke their... away from him when they re- when they learned that they were being outsourced to do terrorist acts like they were they were like like basically terrorists had bid on their services and so they were being commissioned to yeah uh, to to destroy stuff and so so they said, no, fuck that we're gonna turn against our... we're gonna take your big spa- fancy airship and we'll right yeah. And there, are, there, the organization 
th- that they were working for, uh, I forget the. It was hate, name agents now. of hate. Right, right, but hate was the acronym. It's their shield. Yeah, for their organization. Is this uh, Dirk Anger is is uh, Nick Fury? Is the evil Nick Fury? But he's he's bad. He's like upset at them, but also suicidal. So he constantly is trying to like kill himself, but he can't bring himself to do it. And he also or, like 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 wears his mother's clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. uh, <laughs> it's it's just amazing. It's so it's so crazy. Monica Rambo, her like one of her defining traits is that she constantly talks about how like you know when I was in the Avengers and they're like oh always talking about the Avengers. <laughs> but it's great because all of her asides they do flashbacks and it's all right. like the different. It's like Captain America like hitting yeah. on her. It's all about yeah. like how like, yeah or, the or it's like the Avengers like giving her like the the shitty like yeah. grunt work. Yeah. It's um, literally like the Avengers are sexist, racist yeah. assholes. Uh, yeah. But it, it only ran for 12 issues, so it only ran for one year. It was amazing. Uh, they wrote a theme song, uh, the, the chords and lyrics to which are in the liner notes of like the, the graphic novel. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, That's it's, strange it's, they would only run that long. It seems like something that Marvel fans would It like. was just such like a weird... Love. It was just a Side weird thing. one-off, yeah. Because if they yeah, went too the thing far... That, like, is that the thing that made Warren Ellis Warren Ellis? No. Because I read no, a couple of his novels. No, he was already Warren Ellis. Okay. But yeah. what did okay. happen was uh, he... Like, they basically agreed to let him use these, like, D-list characters that they weren't mm-hmm. doing anything with. But it was also... They, they kind of were very forward about the fact that Next Wave was not in continuity for the rest right. of it. Even though it is an official right. Marvel comic, it's not yeah. in continuity. But then yeah. it was so popular that eventually um, they bring back, like, a, the the mainstream Marvel comics reintroduce, like, they bring back Monica Rambeau, mm-hmm. and they have her in the Wait, costume. It's, almost, it's so popular, yet it only ran for 12. Because it was just, it's one of those things that the fans loved, but when they brought back oh, okay. Monica Rambeau, they brought her back in her costume from... Next Wave, and they had her mentioning some of the events from the Next Wave comics. So right. the comics were not supposed to be in continuity, but later Marvel writers accidentally made the <laughs> events of Next Wave continuity just by having Monica talk about them. Right. Um, so now nobody it, knows what the status of the comic is. Yeah, but if you've if you've never read Next Wave, you should read it. It it is it's one of the funniest comics I've ever read. Yeah. Um, I don't read comics, and I thought you should that you and I way. had agreed on this, Dan, that we no. weren't comics people. Oh, no, I was a huge comic kid, like, in oh, the 90s. Fine, um, fine. You would actually appreciate it. it. I'll log on to your Amazon and order it for it's, you. Yeah, no, it's, it, no be, like, legitimately, it's, it's, very, uh, it's, it's very smart about their comedy. Uh, it's very, but also like very silly. Like like your kids would also probably enjoy. It. It's probably appropriate ish for kids, right? Maybe maybe for the boy. Yeah, maybe the eh, boy. Um, some some of Dirk Anger's jokes are. Uh, yeah, that's true. But uh, but but it's it's impressive because it's it's funny in the sense that Marvel paid someone to make fun of them. Right. <laughs> um, and and this, this is uh, I, I know there was a thing on. Uh, Twitter this week where like TV writers are like don't ever pitch your stuff on social media like don't do it it's dumb and like you'll never meet you know the right people and like you're just giving away your ideas for free but like 
uh, of all the Marvel property, like if if I ever had the opportunity to go to Marvel and say like I would like to do a thing at Marvel, like this is the one thing that I would want. To do. Like more than anything, I'd be like, just please give me next wave. Like, just, I'll like, do we, it as a cartoon. Like I'll please. do it however you want. It doesn't matter. And like the the problem is that actually next wave is so well done. Like you could kind of just shoot the the comics yeah. as they are and they would be phenomenal episode like you'd, as a cartoon you'd want like you'd want to bring Stuart Immonen how do you pronounce his last name did I get I, that right that sounds right um, but you, his artwork is so distinct in it you would want mm-hmm. to bring him on to do yeah. the art direction yeah <laughs> um, anyway so Monica Rambeau is amazing <laughs> mostly for that uh, right. but we don't know that she's her yet in in uh, this is Scarlet probably Witch. pre... That's what I'm hoping. This is pre-Next Wave monogram. Um, but I do think... Uh, one of the things that this made me think about was... We, you know, we were kind of talking about how nice it was with shows like The Mandalorian or, or The Boys to have them roll out week to week mm-hmm. um, and having that sustained buzz and having something to look forward to and to keep the conversation going. And I think it's funny because in... See, because of the way the format of Scarlet Witch, I really wish they had just done the opposite and released right. it all at once. Because even putting out the first two episodes in the first week, like you guys said, there is, unless you're either a TV fan or a hardcore Marvel fan, there is not enough to really right. hook you. Right. And I don't. Or a Catherine Hahn fan who is actually fantastic. Wonderful in it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I do think that this was one of those things where it would benefit from just give us all the episodes and let us plow through at our own pace because, mm-hmm. and I do, I wonder if the first two episodes are kind of the slowest and, and maybe the next episode will have, will be the one that really starts ramping up and maybe the rest of the season, you know, is at a much faster pace, but like right. based on what we've seen, I have no, I can't guarantee that. Right. So I wish they, this was the opposite. I wish they just dumped it and let us watch, it, watch right. it all. And it, it does feel like, um, yeah, it, it feels like the the this is just about release order now or release strategy now. But it feels like uh, the boys did three and then one a week, right? right. And the Expanse did the same thing. Um, and I, I only mentioned both of those because both of those I feel like ended on big enough moments where you ended episode three craving the the next one, right? And then you had to wait a week, right? Um, whereas here, again, I enjoyed it. I'm definitely going to watch the whole thing. But it didn't end in a place where I was like, oh, I, I can't wait until next Friday. Yeah. Uh, or alternately, ended, I think, yeah. like Mandalorian, it was just that e- because each episode was so self-contained, right. you didn't necessarily, you know, other than a couple of plot cliffhangers, it wasn't right. like, but even, you just even enjoyed the, first episode the wait. Of, <laughs> right. But even the first episode of The Mandalorian ended on the, the reveal of... Uh, of the child. Yeah. Right. So... Um. Uh, so I like how you called him the child. I still call him Baby Yoda, and he has a name, which we... Grogu. Grogu, whatever. Right. He's, but, yeah, yeah, Baby Yoda. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, but even that ended on a big enough moment where where you were left craving the next episode in a way that I don't I don't know that this one... It didn't have that impact for me, at least. But. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I still want to watch it. Uh, Tori, sounds like you want to watch it. Yep. Oh, yeah, I'm still going to watch it because I'm curious enough. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, it's fine. I don't love it, but it's fine. You know, there was a, there was a show that you uh, started off saying was just Here we fine. go. Yeah. I'm, I, and I'm sure. And then, you know, you came around and, came around. and 
decided that it was the best show of 2020. Yeah. I did not. I did. I didn't do that. Uh, Are we talking about the resident? If you listen, if you listen <laughs> Justin back. just said it. Justin just admitted it. He loves the resident. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah. There you go. You know what? That might be a good place to end. Uh, I have a game, but I'm going to punt on it because we've been going long enough. Yeah. Um, and we can play it next time or anytime because it's not time sensitive. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad we got to talk wait. about next wave. Uh, I am too. That was not that was not pre-planned, but um, I'm going to start I, looking up panels from it and just <laughs> emailing them I, to I, Dustin. I, I legitimately think Dustin, would you read it if I buy it for you and send it to you? Because I kind of just want you to read it. Next wave. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really interesting. I don't I, love comics, but I'll I, read it. I think I've you read should. I think three should, comics. I'm, I think you should read this one. Yes. Um, All right. I right. I can picture it. It's my copy is in the next room, and I can see where it is on the shelf, and I might crack it up. I was tonight. just thinking, I'm like, I gotta go downstairs and get my copy. You have to go to sleep because <laughs> you guys are on the East Coast and it's very late. But uh, that's the show. Uh, not a comics podcast, by the way, but oh, all um, television. All television, all the time. But uh, thank, thank you both for being here. Um, thank you, you for being here, week. Dan. Oh, thanks. Um, uh, remember one last time if if you've reached if you if you're listening to the end remember we recorded this on Monday so whatever's happening as you're listening to this on Wednesday or later we had no idea uh, that things were so great or you know or other or other <laughs> or other so uh, really sorry about what Ted Cruz did <sighs> you cover all our bases I mean, it's not for us to apologize he, he's, he's that's his problem. Uh, sure. Also, if anyone has any more questions about uh, the plot of The Resident, please reach Dustin on yes. Twitter and ask him directly. Um, but yes. you can you can loop in Dan and I so we can ask them on air. We 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 love your questions. We are here for them. Thank you so much, uh, and uh, and have a, uh, have a good night. <laughs> good night, everybody. Dustin, you have to say good night. Oh, good night. <laughs> <laughs> He's already checked out. <laughs>